HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Of A Kind, an online shop for emerging design. For more information, visit ofakind.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul, The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues, that's him. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. In the studio today, I'm very, very excited about this. Um, it's a return guest from before, uh, but much more than that. Uh, we did a show about, I guess, a little over a year ago. Yes. I've been doing this show for so long now, it seems like. It's been like three years, I guess. But I'm very glad to have a good friend of mine and an old co-worker of mine, Amanda Womack, from Cask in San Francisco. Second time on the show. Last time we did a phone interview. You're the spirits buyer and manager of the store, and it's one of the coolest shops that I've ever actually been to. Thank and, you. And we started. We met working in a really cool shop, Linnell's in in Red Hook, which we mentioned on the show probably too many times. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so you actually moved out there to uh, to rock out this really cool spirits shop, and you've been doing a really good job of it. Thanks. Yeah, I've been there for four years now. Yeah. So, one of the coolest things, when I, I went out there like two years ago to guest bartend, and luckily enough, I was staying at the uh, the Palace Hotel, which is like on the same block as yeah. Cass, so we got to see a lot of each other that, that week that I was there, and that was awesome. Um, last time we were on, uh, we did the show, we were talking about some of the barrel selections that you guys do at Cask, and you guys have bought like several different barrels of American whiskey and you have like your own barrel selection at the store. We do. Yeah. And we also have a spirits club. So we have scotch and American whiskey and we select typically single barrels for those clubs. So we're usually on a mission to find something unique and exclusive to us. Yeah. I mean, you had one of the cool, I bought a bottle of the, uh, the Willet that you guys picked out, which was great. Um, yeah, that is, was a it was a good experience too because we got to go down to the distillery and um, you know pick through fifteen or twenty barrels and find one that we liked the best and you know our club members are the ones that received those so nice yeah delicious so especially lately like it seems like it's been 
you, you guys are pretty lucky to be able to pick out barrels and stuff because the American whiskey market has been like kind of kind of dry lately, right? Yeah, definitely. It's been really weird. Yeah, we're getting younger and younger whiskeys. Um, and like even speaking of Willet, we you know we used to get it a few times a year, and now it's getting even harder and harder to get mm-hmm. our our Willet barrels. And you know I'm missing those guys. Yeah, I mean we used to do like case drops of the Willet Rye, the the 110 proof, uh-huh. and we were just like drinking it like water. <laughs> it yeah. was awesome. It was like a great time. <laughs> and now it's like allocated to like where we can only get like one or two bottles when we can. Um, what do you think? Like, what's up with that? I mean, did we like we shot ourselves in the foot, right? Well, what's- yeah. I mean, if you think back to 10, 15, 20 years ago, people weren't drinking as much American whiskey as they are now, so no one really knew to plan ahead. Um, for the demand that we have at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a customer at the store the other day who um, he came through and he wanted, you know, 18-year-old bourbon. And I'm like, well, you can't really find it. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Like, there was that one barrel that you got that one time, and I can't just order more of it. It doesn't... Yeah. It's not there. <laughs> Do you think people are actually drinking it, or they're just collecting it? Or, like, uh, is I'd it say mixed? both. I yeah. mean, I, I feel like a lot of the collectors will buy a bottle... For themselves to keep and then buy a bottle to consume. Mm-hmm. So if they can find two. Double fisting. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like... I, 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 I feel like there's a way to like pinpoint in time when this started happening. You know? I, there was... I go back... I talk about this sometimes on the show. Like, There was a time I was bartending at this little bar in Prospect Heights. And there was like one day... People were coming in ordering like vodka sodas, and then the next day, people were coming in and ordering <laughs> like scotch and rye. Yeah, and it was just like it like changed like that. I mean, of course, we worked together at the the whiskey shop, and so it was like such a main focus for us. And I feel like we are to blame <laughs> for promoting like good American whiskey. You know? I'll take the blame. That's fine. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. Like. It kind of goes along with a lot of like other things, like outside of the booze world that we see. Like, there's a lot of like interest in like American heritage brands of like different like yeah. tools and clothing. That's true. You know, it's coming back to like, all right, cool, America, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so um, with the the trouble of finding older American whiskeys, I think one of the things that's coming into play right now is taking some of those younger whiskeys and putting a barrel finish on them Mm -hmm. to provide a little extra interest in flavor and also i see that as um also playing off of what's going on or what has been going on for a very long time in scotland of having you know you have your whiskey but you put it in a sherry barrel for example Mm -hmm. so of course for bourbon it has to be in a new charred oak barrel right Mm -hmm. but then once it's gotten to a certain point People will take it out and put it into something else, something new and different. And it provides, even if it's just one barrel of whiskey, it provides you this unique look into like, well, what will this barrel do to a bourbon or a rye or a wheat whiskey even? Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of wheat whiskeys coming out lately too, especially in the yeah. Pacific Northwest. There's so much wheat in like Washington. They're using the grain that is um, local to them and, and trying out whiskeys there. And it, you know, it's exciting. It's different flavor profile but um i'm i'm having a lot of fun 
you know, exploring these new things. Yeah. I think there's a lot of new interest in whiskeys, like wheat whiskeys, and also in Tennessee whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, Dickel released the uh, their rye about a little over a year, uh, about a year ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dickel was, you know, always a cool whiskey. Like, we used to have, like, Jack Daniels and George Dickel. And it was like, the Dickel was always like the bartender's choice when it came to like the Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, the other Tennessee whiskey. The other Tennessee <laughs> whiskey. And uh, I don't know, I feel like there's more interest in that. And I'm wondering what that is. I mean, like, you know, obviously the like it, the taste profile is like sweeter uh-huh. because of the, the Lincoln County process of like filtering through another round of like sugar maple charcoal. But then also like wheat whiskey... I don't know, like like well, one of the oh. things I really like about the wheat whiskey is the texture because I think mm-hmm. that that grain itself, like vodka producers would probably some of them would say the same thing that um, a distillate made out of wheat is very creamy and soft and that yeah. mouthfeel is just really nice and so when you translate that into a whiskey, I feel like a lot of what you're getting out of it is the texture and then a softer flavor. It's not gonna blow your taste buds out, but it's very enjoyable and um it's a pleasant experience drinking it yeah i agree i mean i grew up in oklahoma so like you know i literally grew up in the middle of a wheat field so Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i I have a soft spot for it anyway but i think uh you know there was a while there a few years back where everything was like all right barrel barrel proof you know like really hot heavy you know lots a lot more rye you'd see a lot more rye in the market and like hotter heavier whiskeys but now i feel like we're like all right let's just let's fucking relax bro you know i hope that that's happening a little bit because at least from my experience in retail you know we'll have customers come in and they don't want to add their own water they don't want to think about it they just want something that tastes good right out of the bottle nice and easy to drink and i'm finding it from the bottle that's how i roll (laughs) like do do i need a glass no it comes in that one but (laughs) (laughs) but um it's harder for me to find actually like 86 proof whiskey these days mm-hmm. on the shelf. Like I feel like everything coming out is 100 proof, 110 cask strength. And I like those, but yeah. actually there, it feels like there are fewer to pick from, especially from new releases or, you know, they want something new, not cask strength. Yeah. It's, it's harder to find. Yeah. And it's kind of like thinning out like, well, I guess pun intended, but like the, <laughs> the overall like market anyway, but then, uh, some of the whiskeys that, like, I feel like a lot of the really, really small, like, micro distilleries are putting out stuff that's closer to that profile mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And it, I guess it also goes with uh, younger age, right? They, younger age with the lower proof or, or with a higher? Or just, like, the flavor profile, you know, like, softer. Oh, yeah. It hasn't seen so a much A little char. sweeter, too. Yeah. So I feel like through the aging process, like, you know, some people are using smaller barrels shorter times and i feel like a lot of sweetness is popping out right now and then over time you'll you know we can see those whiskeys evolve into um uh spicier drier styles but it'll take a little time it doesn't mean that the sweet ones are bad now it's just different right i feel like a lot of times too the the uh the greener younger whiskey like especially like there there's a very close resemblance to me like with uh with a younger greener grain that hasn't like really like 
opened up and chilled out in the barrel, you know, mm-hmm. like say like a two year old yeah. whiskey, um, as opposed to, you know, a 10 year old, you know, you still kind of like tight on the, like it tastes green, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It tastes grassy to me grassy, oftentimes. Totally. And sometimes that can be relatable to like a sweetness or like a malty kind of like mm-hmm. body of mm-hmm. it, you know? Um, or like which, a honeyed grain kind of yeah, a taste. Yeah. But that's why, like, that's, are there are a lot of interesting things. Like, I, lately I've been drinking, I've been getting into Irish whiskey, which I never really did mm-hmm. before. But I think a lot of that has to do with, like, some of, like, the blend of, like, I don't know, like, the softer and kind of sweeter. Like, but that on the American side, too, there's a lot of, like, for instance, you guys just, uh, at your last barrel that you did was a high west double rye and so it's like a mm-hmm. they're like what is it two year and a 16 year or something like that yeah that's our next release in our club so it's a high west double rye but it's finished in a coupe syrah barrel so we have that extra barrel finish so you know you can go out to your local store and buy high west double rye but this one single barrel finished in the syrah cask is unique to our store so that gives people something that like, okay, what happens when you take this whiskey and put it into a new barrel? You get a lot of, of course, fruity, you know, rich flavors. Um, last time I tasted it, it really reminded me almost of a Manhattan. Um, but, you know, it's just a whiskey in the bottle. But it has that like very rich characteristic. And I like it a lot. Um, uh, it's interesting to have something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll come out once and... Maybe it may or may not ever happen again. So I think that gives us something interesting to look at in American whiskeys instead of just having, you know, the same like five year, 10 year, 15 year, 18 year, whatever that is often on the market. I think it's interesting taking like such a young whiskey and then blending it with a much older whiskey Mm -hmm. too. Because then you get a pretty, I don't know, just like based on like the texture and mouthfeel anyway, like you've got like the, the richness of the young one and then like a lot more barrel. Like time. dry spice yeah. out of that older one. Yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting to look at the balance between those two. And like, I think the idea is, you know, the meeting point between them would be, you know, like uh, eight to 10 year old whiskey. That's kind of the flavor profile that maybe they're going for. Um, I mean, High West in particular, I know they, they had a really sweet 16-year-old whiskey that is amazing, and they wanted to probably get the most out of that whiskey instead of just, you know, flat-out bottling it all as a 16-year. Well, how many different variations can they do on this one, you know, add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that, try a different barrel finish. Um, I, I think they're having a lot of fun playing around with this one awesome 16-year-old whiskey that they procured. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's all about too. I mean, like, I think it is fun. You know, like if you have, if you have the tools to do that, mm-hmm. it's really fun playing around with it. I mean, sometimes on the show we talk about like how, you know, like the debate of like having a whiskey straight or in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Some people get really uppity about mixing their their product, especially like you know Italian like Amari uh-huh. and and certain scotches too. They're like when we put so much time into making this product so why would you like mix it with another thing but really when you think about it the product that's in that bottle is actually kind of a cocktail of its own you yeah know what i mean like you said the uh the one that you guys have with a coupe finish the mm-hmm. syrah finish uh the high west double rye yeah it's like you've taken these two whiskeys and then you took some wine influence and yeah 
you've had two, three barrels all all day. Yeah, you know, and you've actually kind of created like we'll call it a cocktail. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see because yeah. it's radio. <laughs> I see it, but <laughs> but it's it's interesting to do that, and it's like you know what, man. I, I think that you could take it for you know like it might as well if, if it reminds you of a Manhattan, try it in a Manhattan. Yeah, right. There's and nothing I, wrong with that. Yeah, and also we're having fun. Isn't that the whole point? That's like the whole point. We're having fun with this stuff. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue talking with Amanda Womack of Cask in San Francisco. <laughs> Interested in emerging design? Check out Of A Kind, a site that sells the pieces and tells the stories of up-and-coming makers. The site has featured over 200 designers and offers limited edition pieces you can't find anywhere else, along with the studio tours, travel guides, even recipes from the designers. To find out more, head to ofakind.com and sign up for the site's newsletter. And we are back. You listen to the Speakeasy, and in the studio today, I have my great friend, longtime friend Amanda Womack. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and we, right before the break, we were talking about uh, different kinds of blending of whiskey and finishing, and just generally having fun with it. And uh, one of your coworkers is doing something with uh, some, some finishing with whiskeys and different. He stuff. is. Yeah, yeah. So um, Jake Chavedin is his name, and he has a brand called Mosswood. Um, he is, he has his rectifying license right now. So he's sourcing bourbon actually from Tennessee, but it is bourbon surprisingly. And, um, he has a whole process where he takes full size. So 55 gallon, um, bourbon barrels and he will do his own finish on the barrels. So recently he did, um, well actually right now he's playing around with uh, a beer finish on the barrel. So he's tried a port, a lager, a couple other different things, and they're they're working on that recipe right now. But he'll wash the barrel and then fill it with bourbon and let it age for a certain amount of time until it tastes right, and then he'll take that out and bottle it. So he does these single-barrel experiments. Um, we did a release with him where he sourced an apple brandy barrel from Jermaine Robin in Northern California. And... Uh, so that was just an, you know straight apple brandy in the barrel. They dumped it and bottled it for themselves, and then Jake took the barrel and filled it with his uh, bourbon and um, aged it for you know less than a year. You just want to get a, an influence on that, and uh, it it adds a lot of you know complexity, extra you know appley of yeah. course fruit flavors. You'd imagine you can kind of guess what it would taste like, but it's it's really good. It's, nice. it's a lot of fun. Is this guy a fucking genius? Does he work for, like, NASA or something? I mean, because to me, like, you know, bourbon and beer. Okay. Yeah. Duh. Put we it together. should have done that, like, a long time ago. <laughs> also, apple. I love apple 
and like pair with bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's a good combo. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice pairing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Another air quote there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like that's those are really smart ideas, and those are really fun ideas too. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll have more as time goes on. And then um, he's got a third one going on. Yeah, he- like a like a pizza finished bourbon because then like then I, I really think he's I hope genius. he's listening because uh <laughs> give him some good ideas <laughs> can you imagine no pizza <laughs> take your time <laughs> well so that's just an example of something that you know somebody's doing a little experimentation but you also mentioned getting into Irish whiskey earlier mm-hmm. and you're probably familiar with Tier Canal Mm-hmm. And they also have barrel finishing with their whiskeys. So they do a sherry barrel, uh, Madeira, which is my favorite. It's awesome. You get kind of a rich, nutty flavor on that. Yeah. And um, a port, which is very sweet, but it's popular. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's not just American whiskey that's starting to experiment with these other barrel well, influences. I mean, really, we're we're kind of like behind the game because like, you know, it's Irish and Scottish whiskey have been doing this mm-hmm. forever, almost mm-hmm. exclusively with yeah. Scottish whiskey. Um, that sounded weird. Scottish whiskey, Scotch whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no, I mean it's like uh one of my favorites lately on the Irish side is the uh, the Tullamore Dew Phoenix. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've had it. It's yeah, good. 110 proof, like <laughs> Old Rosa Sherry. I think it's Old Rosa cask finish, but like yeah, I've got the high proof and the cask finish. I know, right? Mm-hmm. It's a new thing. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's hi- the thing. highly slammable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and that's that's fun in a different way. I think you know, yeah. <laughs> but there there are some really some really cool ideas. I mean, like we saw some other like there's also some different experimental ways of like finishing, like Maker's Mark 46. It came out a few years back. Yeah, something new with the barrel itself and yeah. the staves. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of cool ideas out there. And, of course, the Buffalo Trace experimental casks mm-hmm. with their breaking the tree down into different sections. And it hasn't come out in a while. I don't know if they've run through the whole line. I don't think they have. But Probably there's just been a little break and releases. They should, yeah. they, should, they should give us some more of that. Yeah. And also, give us some more, uh, some more uh, Van Winkle you know, okay, so going back to even like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, it's like, man, the Van Winkle craze really... It's out of control. It's out of control, man. There's so much good whiskey out there. And, yeah. you know, people will come through, especially for me in retail, do you have any Pappy Van Winkle? No. No, but check this out. Sorry, we don't, but we have a whole lot of other stuff that's awesome. We can tell you all about it, so... It's not the Pappy Van Winkle store. Yeah. You know? We got other stuff. <laughs> Um, actually, I think there's like a different whiskey for every occasion. And one of the things oh, I really yeah. like, yeah, yeah. like you turned me on to when we were working together six years ago, um, uh, probably geez. longer than that. Probably longer than seven. That. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, oh man. Six, feeling old. Yeah. Um, but, uh, one of my favorites is like a sleeper on a shelf and it's actually like really well priced and it comes in like a, like a wine bottle, uh-huh. like a wine, like a Pinot noir like shape bottle uh corner creek oh yeah you were like dude you i came in one day and you're like dude try this whiskey sour and i was like all right cool and you were so excited about the whiskey sour you're like dude it's such a simple drink and no one does it right (laughs) but it's so good with this whiskey actually that whiskey does i haven't thought about that in so long it's an awesome whiskey it's an amazing whiskey the only way i drink that whiskey and it's delicious but also the thing about that one is that they're using two different bourbon recipes 
yeah. and putting them into the barrel. So it's almost like a, it's almost like a four grain whiskey, but it's mostly corn. Yeah. So or it is four grain, I suppose. But yeah. Anyway, it's still classified as a bourbon. But I, I actually like. I was inspired by you. I got this tattoo. I got an FTW <laughs> tattoo because you had one, and uh, and uh, I got a bottle of Corner Creek the day that I went with my buddy to get this tattoo, and I gave it to them. I was like. My friend Amanda turned me out this whiskey. You I can't believe you didn't call me or something. I know. I can't, I can't believe I didn't at least text or something. Yeah. <laughs> I missed out on this whole experience I, know. I was a part of. You were there in, in spirit. In thought. Oh, you were there in spirit. <laughs> yeah. More air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like a, it's a great whiskey and it's a clearly very occasional. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, what are some of your other American whiskeys? Not to like, don't blow them up. Like Van Winkle. Because, I won't. But, but, <laughs> I don't want everyone else to drink all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but what are, yeah, what are some of them? Well, um, so I thought you were going to mention Pure Kentucky because that's a longtime favorite of mine. Yeah. And uh, at, at the store now, that's a, you know one of our favorites. We always joke about how the label is not necessarily eye-catching, although it's a little classic. Um, but it's delicious. It also has, it also has blue it's blue, it. blue so it's like, and a map and you know yeah. <laughs> blue doesn't really like translate all the time in like in in like food and beverage because it's a cool color and mm-hmm. you know usually use like warmer colors for food yeah it doesn't make drinks. you particularly hungry or thirsty yeah but, but if you knew that, what it yeah, tasted you like it in the bottle. you looked past the label and it is uh, amazing yeah really one of my favorites um and then what we were talking about earlier the Tirkanel madeira cask is one of my favorites as well um, but, uh, another one in American whiskey is a Northern California brand. It's called Hooker's House and they're doing a finish with the Pinot Noir barrel and it's awesome. Nice. Like it, the, you would think that you'd get a lot of rich, sweet fruit flavors, but you really don't. You get more of an earthy, deep, um, kind of, you do get a little bit of a plummy flavor out of it, but it's, it's, it's dry. It's on the dry side. Yeah. That whiskey is delicious. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Highly recommend that one. <laughs> I've been I've been kind of like going through my, my home bar recently and like finding some stuff that because like we you know, we, we there is like a crazy weird shortage right now. But uh you know, it's nice to go back and look through some of your like old favorites and try them again, you know, and kind of get back into them. One of mine uh that I kind of like, I came across like very recently, like when I was at the house, like there's a few of us sitting around playing guitars and doing, you know, dude, dude stuff, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> drinking whiskey, <laughs> playing guitars. And, uh, man, I found an old bottle of Weller and it seems like I, like all the Buffalo Trace stuff is starting to get allocated, but like Weller is such a good like kind of sleeper hit oh, like, yeah. out of their family, you know? I mean, if you look at the 12 year and back to our Pappy comment earlier, mm-hmm. you've got 12 year Pappy and 12 year Weller coming out of the same distillery, it's the same, you know, yeah. same stuff. They're going to pick certain barrels for each release, but uh, do you want to pay $28 or do you want to pay hundreds of dollars? Right. It's a big difference. Yeah. And you know, that one like also makes a really great whiskey sour. You don't have to, that's another thing. It's like, all these whiskeys are starting to like become rarer and rarer, and you kind of feel guilty for uh, for using them in cocktails sometimes. Like we were talking yeah. about, you know, like the the Manhattan, the, you know, with the 
with the high west with the uh the Syrah finish mm-hmm. that you guys have um but man you shouldn't you shouldn't feel guilty about drinking whiskey right well that was the one thing that i think we both embraced at when we worked at the Linnell's is that you know you have a good whiskey you can make an even you know make an awesome cocktail you've got your favorite cocktail your favorite whiskey why not yeah. why not it's for you to enjoy like it's not about oh, i have to savor this in this one specific way yeah i did a review for uh for tasting panel magazine very recently a couple months ago of the lock stock and barrel which uh cooper spirits put out uh-huh. it's a 13 year old rise 101.3 proof i always like weird proofs on uh-huh. things <laughs> it's, it's like just, how did they come to that decision yeah, no. <laughs> but uh yeah that's fun you know uh-huh. and uh i was i emailed them back and i was like so do you want me to just do a review on this do you want to make cocktails with it and they're like yeah just do whatever and then like i was like all right what's the price point also and blah blah, blah. And so like, we'll get back to you they got back to me like a couple hours later emailed me and they're like don't do a cocktail with it it's, like, it's really expensive. <laughs> like, we don't want it to be promoted like so much as like a cocktail mixing thing. But I was like, you know what, man? Made a hell of an old fashioned. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> and is, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, and the thing is, like, if people like the whiskey and it's being consumed, who cares how people are drinking it yeah. in the end? Like, if they're really enjoying their drink, you know, you don't want to tell people how they're supposed to drink something. And if it, you know, if it's moving and it's popular. Why not? You can either make it, put it in a cocktail and people are drinking it, or don't put it in a cocktail and maybe no one's drinking it. As long as you don't mix it with Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Unless Red oh, yeah. Bull's out there and they want to sponsor the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your money, Red Bull. No. I won't be happy about it. I don't know if I can condone that, David. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think it'd be radio sounds after that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I guess we're at the end of the show. Oh, man. That was but- Quick, Man, too quick. yeah, I know it goes by so fast, but I'm I'm really I'm really stoked that you're in town and that we got to do this another time. Yeah, and uh, I can't wait to have some whiskey with you after the show and hang out. Me it's been too, too. long. <laughs> All right, awesome. Amanda Womack, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. That's it this week. We'll check in next week on the Speakeasy. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>